I'm Sarah Vine and this is Sarah Vine's Female Half Half and Male Plus. I am joined this week and every week by my friend and co-host Imogen Edwards-Jones. Hello. Bonjour. Bonjour. Coming up on today's show, tens of thousands of children have fallen off the radar and not returned to the classroom after lockdown. We're going to speak to the brilliant Children's Commissioner, Dame Rachel D'Souza. And Selfridges are selling <laughs> virtual clothes. <laughs> Sorry. And that is to say clothes that you can't actually wear. And some of them cost quite a lot of money, like £2,000. I mean, I wouldn't even pay two grand for a normal dress, let alone mm. one that I couldn't put on. <laughs> anyway, we're going to speak to a tech expert to try and find out. Uh, I'm going to read this out because this is on my script, and I know I'm not as allowed to swear on the show, mm. but it says, tech expert to find out WTF are NFTs. Oh, Excellent. Oh, I see what they've done there. Yeah, they mm. have. They've mm. done that. So, so there we go. But first, uh, Prince Harry. Oh. The gift that keeps on giving. Ah, yes. So Prince Charles has invited him to stay at his house. Whichever, Poor old I don't know which Charles, house that is because there are lots of houses. Yes, and he has had a few. an awful week, the royals, actually. They the have. had a shocker, absolute shocker. God. Anyway, but Harry's thing now is that he wants the right to pay <laughs> the Metropolitan Police mm. Protection so presumably he can have all the bells and whistles and the outriders. And well, that's what it is, isn't it? They yeah. just want to look very, very important. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if you're just getting your Commonwealth Garden Security Service, they're just some men with some earphones yeah. and, um, you know, slightly large shoes. Mm. Whereas if you get the Met Police, you get you get outriders, which I have had on an occasion. Oh, is it sexy? Oh, Honestly, <laughs> I can't tell you. It's the most exciting thing that will ever happen to really? you is to have outriders. And do they go buzz off left well, and they, right? Well, they do this whole thing mm. where they sort of go out first and then come in and then go. And there's a lot of whistle, whistles oh. and sort of burly men on motorcycles. <laughs> God, how attractive. No wonder of, he wants and that. And sort of traffic parts. No wonder he wants that. Because yes. that and also it gets you lots of access, you see. The Met mm. Police have got access to places. So you're, it's a notch up. You know, right. So being... if you're going shopping at Selfridges, that would really help. Yes. Yes. Exactly. They whistle everybody out of the way. Whistle, whistle, whistle. Everyone out of the way. Block off the road. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. So you and your ego. But you go can't in. do that if you've just got you know Harrison Ford. Yes. Or whatever it is. Or just you know as a nightclub bouncer. Exactly. Basically. Yes. So that's what they want. Um, well, you see, you see, but, but is it a ruse? I... Is it a ruse to basically say that she? doesn't want to because clearly she's obviously made everybody so very very cross mm. the sort of the amount of clenched buttocks mm. that are going to be had at round mean, the dinner I just, table th- with I her. think the most sensible thing is for them to just say Soz Megan's not going to come up she's no. just, she's busy she's got yes. her legs need waxing or something <laughs> She's got to have something done to her hair. Manny Peggy. So sorry. Can't make it, but Harry's coming. Yes. And then Harry can come. Yes, but and he's then... not going to bring the children. They're not really interested in those two. They just want the children, don't they? I suppose so. Yeah, twas ever thus. I mean, my mother was never interested in my <laughs> no, <exactly>. children. <laughs> oh, Neither was yours. Me. No. So... Oh, I think it's the other way around. Most people just like the grandchildren. Their actual children can just sod off. <laughs> You can stay in a little chef. We yeah. all have the grandchildren. I mean, I suppose the concern is that the, the, the children should probably have some sort of relationship with their cousins. Yes. But, I mean, they're not going to develop that by coming over for three days, no. twice a year. So no, it's pointless, not. really, actually. No. No. I mean, they live in America. They're going to grow up as Americans. Mm. Mm. They're going to have little American accents mm. and, and do things like play baseball in yeah. you know, weird shoulder pads. Yeah. Or whatever <laughs> the Americans do. And... <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to be going to, you know, windy yeah. private schools in Scotland and Eton. See, and but all also, stuff. but also, my other theory is it is to make their Netflix show a little bit more interesting, because otherwise they've got it. nothing I to talk about. They're bringing their Netflix show to the UK, aren't they? Yeah, They're going I'm to sure be they are. They're going to be, yes. So it's basically like keeping up with the Kardashians, yeah. only with you know, 
the Duchess yeah. and Duke. So, so if she does come, she could pretend to be really scared on the aeroplane and go, oh, my God, it's so traumatic. Oh, my God, what are they going to say about me? Oh, my God, will I be or safe? Or Harry can say, turn to her and say, darling, are you okay? And she can turn to him and her eyes can fill up and she can say, thank you for asking. <laughs> Right, now we're being babies. Actually, we need to stop now because <laughs> yeah. that's just rude. And yes. mean. Okay, mm. anyway, we're going to talk to an expert. Somebody Thank who knows. God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Thank God, not just a couple of old harpies carping. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to speak to the actual royal biographer. Oh, great. Angela Levin. Um, Angela, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for asking me, really. We just wanted to talk to you about this, about, well, I suppose about the latest uh, twist and turn in the whole Harry and Meghan uh, saga. What do you think is going to happen? Do you mean not coming to stay with Prince yes. Charles? Do you mean not coming to stay <laughs> yeah, I know, there's to some... come with Prince Philip's <laughs> oh, um, there's, there's memorial such a long service. list of things, isn't there? So it's a giant question. <laughs> Yes, I mean, I think you wonder what's going to happen to a whole load of... Well, let's try and eat the elephant in chunks, shall we? Mm. So let's start with them not coming to Prince Philip and and then move on from that. I think that it's an absolute tragedy for Prince Harry not to come. Mm. There's no reason why he couldn't come on his own. He can leave the airport, get straight into a car, be taken to wherever he's staying, but he would be under the guards of the people there, say, like at Windsor, Mm. and then go back. There's no reason for him to feel that it's very dangerous. It's it's no more dangerous than it was before he was married and um, went off to America. Mm. No, I don't don't think he's in any danger at all. So you have to think... You have to think what the other reason is. Um, I have done anyway. And my view is that um, he, he just doesn't want to see his mm. family mm. because I think it could bring back happy memories to him. Mm. And while he's away, he's kept away from anything that is a London and his past life. And mm. um, I don't think he dares to come and absorb all that because it might make him feel differently about his own family. You, you make him sound like he, he's been abducted by a cult. <laughs> do, that, I mean, do well, we think, that's, is that what's actually happened, do we think? Mm. Well, I think that um, we know very much that Meghan's in control mm. and it's quite right that if he loves her that she has priority. Mm. But I think for something like this, really... A wife should be doing everything she can to encourage him to go to mm. um, respect of his grandfather. Mm. And I think that it's a great shame that she can't persuade him. Mm. And also, I think I think if he comes on his own, in all seriousness, if he comes on his own without her, he'll be I, fine. He'll be fine. But also, I think it'll be a very different dynamic because if he comes with her, no oh gosh, yes. and he's always, you know. Checking on her, checking on her, always, you know, referring to her, to, you know, always looking to her. Mm. Whereas if he comes on his own, he might actually be able to reconnect with his family. Yeah. It would probably be good for him to come and see his parents, his, his family own. on his own, don't you think? Well, I do. I do think that. Um, I think not only does he look constantly at Megan, but she seems to have a whole range of hand gestures and arm movements to, to move him out the way or push mm. him this way or to tell him to stop talking. Mm. Um, I think that that's very stressful. Mm. And, I mean, he's known his grandfather and admired him for so long. I would have thought it's 
the mm. least he could do. I mean, he's a master of his work. He can't say that he's not allowed time off. Mm. And um, I think it would be a long way to bring the small children, but he could certainly make it on his mm. own. And what do you think of the chances, Angela, of them accepting Charles's invitation to go and stay at Sandringham? I don't think that will come off. I think it was very magnanimous of mm -hmm. him to do that and actually very generous. And really, it should be Harry apologising to him, but this, mm. in a way, is Prince Charles saying, you know, I am your father, I will always love you, mm. and uh, come and stay. But I think Meghan would feel extremely uncomfortable mm. within that framework and um, I don't think she wants that. Mm. And if Prince Charles does win Harry over, what's going to happen to this memoir that's due to come out? Oh, gosh, um, yes. in the autumn. Mm. And uh, which rumour has it that it's going to be highly critical of Prince Charles? I don't know how you could do that if you've come mm. over and had a lovely time. Yes, I completely yeah. agree. They I completely, really have burnt their boats, haven't they? It's actually very sad, isn't yeah. it? Let's be honest. It's actually very sad. I um, think it's heartbreaking. I think mm. it's absolutely heartbreaking mm. myself. Uh, I, I think it's a terrible shame because I spent over a year with Prince Harry when I wrote his mm. biography. And he was really the, the family man. Mm. He was... Um, the one who sort of mended any arguments. Mm. And he hated to have any sort of friction within the family. Mm. And now he sort of seems to be a leader of it all. Yeah, he seems to have just become very angry and bitter mm. somehow. He sounds very unhappy as yeah. well, to be fair. Yeah, anyway. Very angry and, and bitter. Mm. And that's what what he was like. He was marvellous with people mm. he was intuitive he was happy he had a dark side but don't mm. we all really but this is just um he is so bitter and he wants revenge mm. and i think that's quite dangerous yes and he and won't do anything to help him not want revenge if you see what i mean mm. no and i think he, yes he's very he's become very vindictive mm. and and you know i'm afraid the awful thing is is that if you just look at it on a very sort of you know cold way the catalyst for that has been Megan mm. absolutely you know absolutely and that is very sad yeah well Angela we obviously this is never going to end so I thank you for coming on and we shall speak again no doubt yes thank you very much thank you very thank much you. bye bye that was royal biographer Angela Levin you are listening to The Female Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine, and Imogen Edwards-Jones. You can visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces, and more. And if you want to get in touch, you can tweet us at mailplus at Westminster Wag or Imogen at Imogen EJ. Dame Rachel D'Souza, the Children's Commissioner for England, has said a shocking number of pupils have not returned to school since lockdown with between 80,000 and 100,000 children not showing up on rolls. She has launched an inquiry to track down the tens of thousands of children who have fallen off the radar. And she joins me now on the line. Dame Rachel, thank you so much for talking to us about this. It's a subject I find absolutely terrifying and fascinating. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's uh, and, and I think it's the number one thing we should be focusing on now. Mm. I mean, uh, when I started my role as children's commissioner, I did a, a survey of England's children and we got mm. over half a million responses. And, you know, what they told me is for their future. So we asked them, what do you need to thrive now? What do you need for your future? What do you want for your future? And the number one thing, 74 percent of young people, four to 18, said, great job, great career, and we need a great education to get that. Mm-hmm. Now, and then I look at the statistics and the numbers, and you know, there, there are, what, 8.9 million school-aged children uh, in the country. And normally, at this time of the year, there'd be about 94, 95% of them attending, and the mm. others off for things like sickness, range of things. Mm. Actually, now we're on 87%. Now, yeah. that's a huge difference. And, it's a lot of people, mm, isn't it? So about a third of those who are not here, we know are COVID, COVID-related schools, mm. but only a third. So for me, there are two groups I'm really concerned about. One are exactly what you said, the children who haven't come back since COVID. So they were in school before COVID on roll, but they haven't come back. And they've told us in the survey that they are, you know, it's, it's issues like, mental health anxiety, Mm. some really serious ones as well. They're not just like trivial Mm. Um, issues like issues like uh, special educational needs, been bullied, things like that. Now we can do something about that Mm. and we should be. But there's another group and this is the group I'm really concerned about. And they're the children that are not even on roles. Mm. These are the like the lost children, missing children Mm. and what really flagged this up to me, I went to visit uh, one county's police force to look at criminal, criminal exploitation, to, to chat with them about it. And they told me they keep their own list of children they come across who are, who are not anywhere. They're not in school. They're not on anybody's list. Mm. And that is the thing I really want to go. I want to find those children and talk to them. And what sort of age groups are they? Are they, I mean, do, I mean, are they, are they mainly girls as well? Well, it's right the way through. Well, first of all, we actually don't know. So mm. local authorities have a statutory duty to know uh, how many children they've got in their area and mm. to make sure they're educated. So the first thing I did was have around table, write to 10 local authorities and have around table with them and ask them some very simple questions. How many children in your area? How many are not on roll, waiting school places or whatever, for whatever reason? And just give me this basic, basic data. They couldn't. They, they couldn't. And know, do they? Why, why so not? Why not? Why not? Well, they, they just, they could do bits of it or other mm. bits of it, but they just, I mean, the police were telling me they found whole families that just have never been to school and, and mm. you know, and, and are not in any register. Mm. Nobody knows. Now, I'm not against home education because, mm. you know, there are home educators who are doing a fantastic job. That's not what I'm talking about here. Mm. I'm talking about really vulnerable children. Yeah. Um, and but you see, Rachel, what I think is really interesting about the pandemic is that so those really vulnerable children that you talk to talk about have always existed and they've always been yeah. something that we've always worried about as a society. But what I think is interesting about the pandemic is that it has affected children who wouldn't normally be in that category and it has put them in that category. So children who would normally be OK, maybe not perfect, mm. but OK, have have dropped out. So, for example, at my son's school quite a lot there were one or two kids mm. who just didn't come back after sixth form are they boys those and they're, ones and they're boys and and the problem is you think you know have they joined a gang mm. um and there's all these other pressures on them so i think that what's what the different the pandemic has sort of in a way you know made that pool of vulnerable children bigger hasn't it rachel 
absolutely right. And, and, and literally for the past sort of six months, I've been really pushing and talking to all government departments and public services about mm. when we talk about recovery, actually for children, academic catch-up is fairly easy. Look, mm. I was a head teacher for years and, and a teacher for 31 years. I, we know how to do that bit. The thing we should be concentrating on is well-being, getting mm. children in because school is it's not just about your academics mm. it's it's where you can safeguard young so people. what's your plan rachel what is the what is your what is your plan i mean you're doing this inquiry so and then yep. presumably what there's but there'll be a roadmap of some kind yeah so so first off first, i mean i want to be all about the solutions not just saying mm. what the problems are yeah. so first off we're working with the local authorities to find out what the real problems are and with schools we're going to we're going to like try to fix I was talking to Nadine Zahawi um, just yesterday and saying right 2022 technology please we need live data we need to be able to see where children are we, we talked mm. about the uh, the possibility of having single identifier I think that's important mm. um, we need to be looking at best practice in attendance um, fixing what local authorities you know, are not able to do at the moment, both with technology and with joined up thinking. Mm. But most importantly, I want to be, I want to talk to the young people. Children's Commission is all about amplifying the voice of children. Now you've been, you've just said some, you know, amazing things about how children feel absolutely right. And we need to be getting those voices and amplifying them and making sure that services Mm. really meet their needs. So for me, we'll be publishing this, this, what we've discovered end of February and it's a real call to action everybody has to get involved in attendance school local Mm. authority parents it's always you know a right across the piece job so you know hopefully we're going to see some real changes and Rachel I've (laughs) I was told that you once used to go around (laughs) people's houses cutting their cables to their xboxes in order to get children back to school is this true or is it just a vicious rumor there you've caught me so <laughs> i was one of the very early academy principals and the whole point like about Rachel. being a, a sponsored academy <laughs> principal was was you do whatever it takes to get your children to succeed and i'm absolutely believe that if children aren't in school they can't succeed mm. so what what i did in my norwich uh, school when i took over and it had been a failing school and we got it to outstanding what we did with it was we noticed there was a lot of kind of low-level uh, attendance, kids not coming in, and that had been accepted in the past. So what I did, I badged up the school minibus, and I used to send Vicky, the deputy head, who everybody feared, out in out in the minibus, literally knock on the doors, come on, time for in. Like and the child got, catcher, like the child yeah, catcher. Yeah, <laughs> much more fun and positive, and the mums in the community used to love it. I and would... they'd say, oh, he's in bed, give us a hand. You know, we'd say, shall we oh take my the God. Come round to mine, Rachel. Come round to mine. I'd really, really help. The really need you at mine. <laughs> I'll send the minibus around, Sarah. Please. <laughs> Do you know what? It's such a good idea. Yes. It's such a good idea. And I love what you say about the deputy head always being so much scarier than the actual head. Yes. Yeah. They always yeah. are. Yeah. So <laughs> what, what were their faces it, it, like when yeah. you cut the cable, by the way? What were their faces like when you cut the cable? Yeah, Did I they just it, fall? We, we never had to do it. The threat right. of it was Oh, dark. I see the It'd threat. Be, They'd be into those min- that minibus before. And listen, once you've done that once <laughs> or twice, um, uh, uh, most children will get into school, won't they? But yes. the, everybody would hoot and toot, you know, in the cars around the community. They used to love it. So, you know, go on, go get them. I love it. I love it. It's brilliant. Well, thank you, Rachel. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for all the work you do. Yes. And I really hope you, I really wish you success because what you're doing 
is so important. Mm. So important. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. That was Rachel Dame, Rachel D'Souza, I should say, the Children's Commissioner for England. So this week, Imogen, mm. Selfridges became the first fashion store to sell NFTs. That's right. to say non-fungible tokens, which I thought was... Fungible? A, is it fungible <laughs> or fungible? I thought it was a fung... I'm confused. It's a fungicide. It's a fungicide. <laughs> anyway, I'm very confused about NFTs. Everyone keeps coming up to me and saying, have you bought any NFTs? No. Um, no? Is that the National Film Theatre? I know. Should I buy that? Yeah. I don't know. I'm very old. I really don't understand it. <laughs> is it just buying a, 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 I, well, this a is JPEG? What, well, I have no idea, but this is what we're going to do. Because basically Selfridges, this mm. week, last week it was in fact. I saw it, yes. Decided they were going to sell NFTs of Packer Bounds original dresses <clears throat> or something, wasn't Which it? Which felt slightly baffling because I, I wouldn't, I mean, I just don't understand the point of a dress that I can't wear. I, I agree. I know that's very boring, yeah. basically. So, or anyway. fit into. It'd be helpful. <laughs> exactly. Here to explain to us, because we are obviously antediluvian. Yes. Gen X. A couple of Luddites. We really don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Is the lovely Karen O'Quinn, who's a tech expert. Thank God and for her. author of the Gadget <laughs> Show Big Book of Cool Stuff. Caramel, can I just say, you're going to have to talk in words of one syllable yeah. here. Or Help. one pixel. Words Help. of one pixel. Help. <laughs> and and marketise them as NFTs for every word, maybe. I could oh. tell them. Oh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what you've just said. Sorry. I think you can make an NFT of anything. No, so um, oh, sure. can a, you? <laughs> a, a non-fungible token. So fungible basically means you can swap it for something that's the same. So like a five-pound note is fungible. You right. could just swap it with somebody else's, and they're the same. Whereas the idea of a non-fungible token is it's unique, but it's also a bit hard to conceive of whether these things are valuable or not. Because, for example, if someone had an autograph of somebody, or do you mm. remember when Beanie Babies were a thing? Yes. You're looking at it thinking, oh, my God, is that really worth loads of money or not? Yes. No. Oh, okay, yeah, that no. makes sense. That makes <laughs> sense. But I noticed that, um, for example, the, the, the first ever tweet by Jack Dorsey, is it Jack Dorsey? Yes, we about 2.9 mil or something. Squillions, and it, as a non-fungible token. I can't stop saying fungible. <laughs> I need to say fungible, don't I? Fungible. Fungible. As a non-fungible. It's just it's a silly it word. Sounds like you need canistan. <laughs> it's, like, it's a bit like bungee. Yeah, do you I, need some canistan for that? <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> Sorry. Well, um, anyway, yes, that went for a lot of lot, lots of money. I don't know what you would do with something like that. You can't eat it. You can't wear it. You can't... Can you put it on your wall? <laughs> Can you? Not, not really. Think of it kind of like a, it's almost like a certificate of authenticity or something like that. Mm. You, you have the sense of owning it. And I mean, we often buy things that we don't sort of need. It's, it's mm. kind of an investment. So mm. there are some people making lots of money from I have a friend who's made a lot of money out of them. I have a friend who's made lots of money out of them. And she, and she looks at them, at her, at her sort of stock rising, and yeah. goes, look what I've made. I, I literally but do I don't think, understand it. it. Carol, is it like a sort of digital South Sea bubble, do you think? Or buying stocks and shares? It's a bit like stocks and shares, really, because, yeah. I mean, real money and stocks and shares are kind of notional as well, yeah. aren't they? We think yes. of yeah. them as real things, but most of the money in the world just exists on a spreadsheet. Yes. And the values of things can go down as well as up. Yeah. So, you know, you should never bet your farm on these things. But, yes, you, you would buy some M NFTs in the hope that they're worth more mm. in future and you would then sell them in the future. And people keep um, telling me, Caramel, that I should buy <laughs> land in the metaverse. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is complicated. I mean, there's, a, there's an infinite amount of land in the metaverse, isn't there? That's, that's a complicated thing, so it can't be worth very much. Do I buy a hotel? Make sure you've got a view. Do you have a view? Carol, are we all going to end up basically sitting on our sofas weighing £220 with a drip in our arms, mm. with those, with, you know, goggles on our faces, you know, prancing around the metaverse wearing virtual Gucci? And, and, yes. And is that, is that the future? Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to Switzerland if that's the future. Mm. <laughs> People are buying virtual designer shoes. They are a lot yes, cheaper yes. than real designer shoes. Of course they uh, are. They amazing. don't exist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can make loads of them. It's fascinating. Um, no, I, I think it's a really curious thing. Have you ever seen the film Ready Player One? Because I have. Yes. These, I have. Yes. And, and the thing that's most marketed to me as, as a middle-aged woman is, oh, my God, the real world is really awful. They're busy off in this other world because the real world is getting worse well, and worse. Well, like, it's a bit and like Matrix, isn't it? Mm. I mean, the, it, yeah. they all these things all come from the matrix don't they i mean sorry what, imogen what, wants to I, say something. Just put i her do hand up. i have put my hand up what makes a good nft i mean if i was really going to join the groovy kids what should i actually <laughs> buy <laughs> well you've got to buy these things for one of two reasons either mm. for love or oh, as an investment right so if you totally adore a particular artist then just mm. like you know my children would go mad for an autograph of young blood if they want that that's a huge value personally to them yeah. um or you buy it because you think this thing is on the rise because you think mm. That, mm. that it's going to be a popular thing part of the gold rush mm. but yes it, it does feel a bit like a like a bubble doesn't it so mm. you shouldn't buy it cynically really yes. and you said like i said you shouldn't bet the farm on it because these things can go down as well as up and mm. i you know i think it's a bit obscene at a time when there are people who are starving Absolutely. Who are spending money on well, a I thing mean, that's not even real caramel the thing yeah. is everything's always obscene because there are always mm. people starving but the thing is i've not i've noticed on the so for example i went under h&m the other day to buy myself mm. some socks mm. and i noticed that they're doing a whole competition to they, they've got a range of virtual clothing what? and it's being fronted by Maisie williams you know off of Game of Thrones, what? and basically, it, the, these are these are clothes that your avatar can wear in the metaverse. Oh, crazy! I mean, I can't even get dressed in the real world. <laughs> I might, I might look better in the metaverse than the real world, though. That's I'm, the thing. I really I mean, hope the, I do. <laughs> the metaverse thing is interesting because I think already that our, our personas on Facebook, Instagram, etc., are mm. curated sort of virtual versions mm. of us, are they? You know, they are living our best life on holiday. Mm. Uh, and so that, that's going to be increasingly true. If we do get to the point where, you know, when we have a meeting with someone instead of their head on Zoom, it's like a virtual them sitting at our table, then, mm. yeah, they're going to dress up and they yeah. might be at home in their pajamas <laughs> like that brilliant one do you remember during the pandemic the when someone was a cat yes so, so, <laughs> he couldn't change his didn't realise yeah yeah, yes. yeah. that was, that was just so having funny. a very serious conversation <laughs> very serious conversations about geopolitics or something and he was actually a cat yes <laughs> oh, well I don't know anyway I I, I, um, I hope we've managed to explain a little bit we what really NFTs haven't. are I just can't <laughs> get my head around them and I am trying I, I have been reading about them on the interwebs mm. and I've even signed up to, to, to some of the because uh, there's lots of platform selling them mm. it sounds like a giant pyramid scheme to me it's that <laughs> someone someone eventually is going to go ha, 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 ha. Well, you're the, the last we, one in <laughs> the thing we haven't explained technologically i suppose is basically that these these things work a bit like say bitcoin and stuff like that they work because someone elsewhere is doing complicated maths that kind mm. of um guarantees that it's securely your thing so there is this sort of tech story yeah. behind it as well um, Carol, the, can the, you explain to me what a blockchain Chain is. Can you explain? Oh, block- God, yes. People keep saying blockchain to me. I don't know. Yeah. Is that a necklace? 
<laughs> so so on the internet there, there will be a ledger like a like a big spreadsheet almost of of um who owns what that gets longer and longer and longer and each time that a bunch of things is done a complicated maths equation kind of um ties it up and uh it becomes very very secure because it would be too expensive to do that maths uh as a hacker so mm. so it's a very secure way of doing stuff and that's how things like Bitcoin work mm. is by using that math to sort of secure because, the proof of who owns Bitcoin, these things. Same with these things, yeah. Because Bitcoin is mined. It is in Kazakhstan. And you, and you buy, <laughs> as, as I, you buy PCs <laughs> and you put in these cards or yeah. whatever they're called and then basically your machine just does maths all the time. And makes it in, and in makes a factory money. in is that Kazakhstan. Right? And it, is yes. li- it is literally printing money, is it that is. right? Well, it costs an awful lot of money to, to mine Bitcoin because it's complicated maths that your computers do. Mm. So you need a really fast computer and you need lots of electricity. So it's mm. mined in mm. places in the world where the electricity is cheapest. So I would go somewhere really sunny and have solar panels, for example, mm. and have the latest computer. Otherwise, it's not economically worth it. And then it's those math sums that kind of create these uh, Bitcoins or, or also Ethereum. these NFTs as well. Mm. Uh, yes, yeah, so all of these currencies and, and the NFTs NFTs kind of spun off from that because they're secured in the same way. Mm. There was, for example, a virtual currency called cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. uh, Kitty, sorry, it still is, that are sort of virtual cats. Same, same sort of thing. <laughs> so basically, um, you're going to, uh, so, so, so the maths underpins this so that someone doesn't sell the same thing bazillions of times. Mm. So, Cameron, I would just like to say, I think we can blame maths for all this. Yes. I think maths is yeah. the root of everyone's problem. My final problem. question is, can't you just cut and paste it? Can't no, you cut no, and paste? Because then, it's, because then it's got not a blockchain or something. Oh, oh it's so complicated. Because, so, for example, there okay. was this really uh, famous piece of um, art that sold for millions of pounds. And when the person bought it, um, it was $69 million. And when they bought this uh, piece of art, they didn't even own the piece of art in the room real world they just owned the nft of it but actually right. it was still on display in an art gallery people could copy and paste it all over the world but they were the yeah, only person right. that owned it as an nft yeah, exactly <laughs> yes, i think it, yeah the emperor has no clothes that's the problem no Mm. Yes. But in the meantime, some people are making lots of money on this. Mm. Yeah. And it's not <laughs> me. That's the yes. cross bit about it. They're probably the people who are good at maths at school, uh, which I was not one. No, no. I, had to, I managed to get CSE maths grade Did you? one. Children, do maths. Oh, yes. Children, do more <laughs> maths. If, if I was an artist, I think I might sell my things as NFTs because why not? You might yeah. get lucky. It might it work about, out. My mother's an artist and she looked into it and it cost about 300 euros to make one, I think. Oh, oh really? We, we should turn this podcast into an NFT. You know, <gasps> it could work out really. Oh my goodness! E- I each episode, sell it for a fortune. Mm. Okay, all right, Camel, yeah, you're on or not? Um, or not? I don't know anyone <laughs> would want to buy it. But anyway, if there's anyone out there who would like to buy me as an NFT, I'm available, <laughs> with or without Imogen. <laughs> All good computers. <laughs> Thanks, Caramel. Actually, you've you've helped me a lot. Um, thank, you. thank you very much. <laughs> that was Caramel Quinn, uh, tech expert and author of the Gadget Show Big Book of Cool Stuff. I think we might have to have Caramel on again because I suspect that there's going to be mm. more unanswerable questions about tech to be dealt with. Yes. <laughs> Mainly how to send an email. <laughs> So now we're joined by Hannah Betts for the fun part of the show, which is a bit to do with hair, makeup and all things beauty. Hannah, hello. Hello. Although maybe <laughs> not fun, because I thought today we'd look at beauty and cheer. 
Oh yes, yeah, so it's because it's Blue Monday. The woman in the world. Yes, it's it was Blue Monday or 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 Woeful I mean, Wednesday or whatever <laughs> we want to call it. I don't what know. Monday is Bill blue, Friday, particularly in January and February. Terrible Thursday. Yes, I agree. I I I I think that actually cosmetics are probably the best way of getting through January. Truly. That says more about you than it does about January. <laughs> In fact, I've got, I, I've got an appointment with my with my Botox doctor next oh. Thursday. What's Was he it doing? Monday? I'm What's very, he doing? I have no idea. Probably just chatting. Really? Um, I'm very excited about it. It's going to be the highlight of my month. Hopefully the Is whole face won't Trump? move. But Sorry? I knew that January would be bad, so I did mine in December. So uh, it settled over the festive she period. She preempted, preempted well, Botox. You know, I know myself very well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so tell us tell us about um, joy and beauty. Well, I am a sad clown. I am one of life's uh, miserable bastards, and um, and I rely on these things very very much. So on Monday, I did a column where I quoted Nora Ephron using mm-hmm. the yes. use the good bath oil motto. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I mean, I'm when am I not using bath oil? But for me, I know I've been using my posh body creams mm. a lot. Mm. Can you, you tell know, the difference, by the way, between the posh body yes, cream and the rubbish? Bo- mm. One costs well, five hundred pounds, yes. and the other one costs two ninety nine. <laughs> yes. Superdrug. But, but isn't it nice to have a smelly one? I've been using mm. the Aromatics Elixir one. Mm. Oh my god! I mean, that one is amazing. It's a perfume in its own right, mm. and people. So- use it instead of perfume but my god it's a boot. so do you slide into your jeans like a seal then afterwards is that what it's like <laughs> i don't i don't how um, does a wear jeans i mean oh, sorry. I don't think she jeans. even owns a pair of jeans do you Anna? i'm in a silk turban she's, um, she's always in a silk turban with heels do you slide yes. into your silk like a seal then? i did love what um, you said i did love what you said about when your mother dying aged just 69 how oh, she yeah. left loads of oh, pots god, and flacons for best my grandmother did that Yes, yeah, she'd had all the stuff that she'd saved for best. Oh yes, and my the, mother's got loads of stuff never, for best. And she never used came. It. Mm. The best that never comes. Yeah, and it was heartbreaking. Mm. Yeah, and of course, all the perfume eventually goes off. Does mm. yeah. Um, and and no one. Oh, it just yes, it was heartbreaking. Mm. So I'm I'm not going to be that woman. No. I'm going to spend out. I'm going to use everything. Good. Mm. And um, another thing I quoted was Anya Heinmarsh, who last year wrote a book in which her guide to life was just wash your hair. Yes. If in doubt, wash your hair. Yes. 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 And she's yes. right, isn't yeah. she? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. I mean, some, mine would probably be if in doubt, dye your eyebrows. Because um, I, I always feel that. Imogen dyed her eyebrows the, the other night, and, and I saw her just afterwards, and mm. she did look very. I look like I was about to say Cara Delevingne, but she's pretty. <laughs> Karl Marx, no, not Groucho <laughs> Marx. I've got two black slugs on my face. No, it's fine. They look lovely now. (laughs) But you've had your hair chopped as well, haven't you, Emma? Oh, I've had a whole Richard and Judy makeover. That's how old I am. (laughs) Well, it looks lovely. The one thing I would suggest is another (laughs) Mm. thing I do if I need a lift, and it is sort of tragic and a bit cross-dressy, be it in my own gender. Um, I've got this bun that I clip on. Bum. If I can't even be bothered to wash my hair and my hair is full of bath oil, mm. I brush it all back and then I've got this sort of claw clip ponytail bun thing. Oh. And it's terribly convincing. Anyway, I went on a on quest it? last week back to Selfridges to see if they still do them and they do and they are 20 quid. I think what? they're even less than 20 It's like a fake quid. bun. It's like a claw but with hair attached to it. Oh, so it, it is, looks, but it's yeah. a sort of pony Clever. loose bun... Mm hybrid oh 
And so it's a bit like a sort of um, Peckham facelift or whatever we call them. You know, that thing where you... you <laughs> Croydon stretch facelift, your... yeah. But basically, I put it in... Instead of my puny ponytail with bath oil in it, I end up with a lustrous sort of top of the head. And no one ever realises it's fake. Do you know what I've become addicted to, which I think is a fantastic boost in this... Mm. In this day, is, uh, there's so many of them around at the moment. It's, it's these eye patches. What are they? Oh, well, they're yeah. sort of like silicon eye patches. You keep them in the fridge, and they're and they're sort of you know they're infused. Oh, but, you don't like those those balls? I'm a, I keep looking at no, those, no, no, no. those these frozen are, balls. These are all infused. Oh, these are infused with sort of hyaluronics and all this sort of stuff. And oh. you put them under your eyes, and they're and they're lovely and cold. Mm. And and they are really good actually. Because I but find aren't the balls lovely and cold. Well, no, yeah, I like a ball. Well, I, I got until of... you start rubbing them on your face, and then they and get then what hot. happened? Oh, they oh are. I love that, Imo. I'm going to send you my favourite one. Oh, I'd like I got it. one on Amazon, mm-hmm. and it's it's for athletes to rub into their thighs. Oh, that's so me. <laughs> and I rub that on my face and neck. It's wow, hot. is it cold? Is it a cold it's ball? Absolutely freezing. Oh my, yeah. But we see. can now call that cryogenic. Oh, you I know. see. Yes. I mean, I'm sure a packet of peas would do, would do yes. as well. <laughs> I just like the idea of rubbing it under my eye. Okay, so you're <laughs> recommending fake hair. Mm. I am. I also, I think a cheap makeup hit. Yes. I don't know if you saw, I copied you into my Instagram. Mm. There's a new mascara that is just Oh, I amazing. bought three. I bought three. Have you? I bought Did three. Did you use my because code? I got given a code no, I didn't like I'm use an influencer. It's, but I bought three because I was in soup. I went, after I saw your Instagram about it, it's 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 Maybelline, is it? Or is it Rimmel? I it's, can't remember. Yes, it's Maybelline Colossal Curl Bounce. Oh, yes. it sounds Colossal good. Curl Bounce. Anything with Colossal. So, so first of all, I Googled it on the Amazons mm. and they didn't have it. And oh. it's very, you have to be very careful because there are others that look like that right. one. Yes, it's not. a sort of range. And mm. the new one is very yellow, is the way it is. Yes, it's called Colossal Curl Bounce. And anyway, so then I went to Superdrug and they had three for two. Oh, I see. So I bought three. Excellent. Well, two for I me and one for my daughter. I also have this thing that gives ladies a pound off until mm. the 24th of January. Um, I could do with losing a you, pound. If you mm. go to Superdrug online and put in Curl Bounce 1, mm. you'll get a quid off. Which, oh, is, okay. which is better than a kick in the teeth. It is. It, it yeah. is. it is, definitely. But it's so but good, I, I would stockpile them. Yeah, I've got it and I've been using it and it's fabulous. It's, it's very eye-opening, which yeah. works if you've got the old, um, you know, piss holes and snow eyes like me. I mean, on your eyes, it must look insanely good. Um, on mine, it opens them up, and you don't have to do any of that curling nonsense. Yes, no, it's very, very, very good. It's quite it's hard to get off, though. You do have to slightly, you do have to slightly have a, have a, have a proper go at it before bed. Otherwise, you do wake up with it all over your face, I've discovered. Well, that's quite well, sexy, isn't it? No. But not, what, not what price enormous fluttery <laughs> cheering lashes? Exactly. At what price enormous fluttery cheering lashes? And on that note, I shall say goodbye. Thank you, Hannah. Uh, I'm going to go. Am and I buy being some... put back in my box? No, no. no. I'm going to go and buy. I'm going to go and buy those curly things. Go and buy those curly things. Yeah. Go and buy some fake hair. Yeah. Oh gosh. That's what Let's I say. go together. Let's choose them. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much, Hannah. Okay, my dears. Much Thank love. You. That was a delightful Hannah Betts columnist for Inspire in the Monday's Daily Mail. If you enjoy, if I say, if you enjoy listening <laughs> to Fat, why not visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. And if you want to get in touch, tweet us at mailplus, me at Westminster Wag or Imogen at Imogen EJ. You've been listening to the Female Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine and Imogen Edwards-Jones. Thank you for listening.